And welcome to episode 40. Holy smokes, it's 40 <laughs> of the Brood Sages, Stormbound players with a head for the game. I am Freeloader, and with me as always is Sabaiku and virtually Thomas. You see, listeners, what happened was we were surprised by Sheepyard this week with early patch notes. Uh, normally, this would just be manna from heaven, and we would be thrilled. Unfortunately, it was in a week where Thomas had a scheduling conflict at the end of the week. Sabaiku was free all the time because, you know, that's just the laid back duty is. Uh, unfortunately for me, I was sick without a voice. <laughs> and so what we ended up doing was we had Sabaiku and Thomas record their reactions to the patch notes at the beginning of the week. And then what you're hearing now is a blend of both that conversation and then my reaction along with some conversation with Sabaiku, who's still here with me uh after the fact sabaiku how is it going tonight fantastic <laughs> anyway we are the brood sages easily the second best stormbound related podcast in production and as a reminder you can always follow us at brood sages on twitter or for all of you who got on the floor to walk that dinosaur our email address is the sages at gmail.com okay so why don't the two of you get into it now Welcome to the Brood Sages episode 40, sort of. This is Subaiku here with Thomas the Train. We're without Freeloader tonight. He's a little bit under the weather and uh, doesn't have much of a voice to talk with. So we're approaching this episode a little bit differently. I will be talking the patch notes. I will be talking through the patch notes with Thomas and we'll be going through and giving your our opinion on them. And then we'll be going back and hearing from Freeloader afterward. Um, so with that in mind, Thomas, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty all right. Great. Let's dive in. All right. Starting up with the uh, the balance changes. Uh, Stork Protectors is the first one up. At level five, it's going to have eight power and uh, movement one, uh, just like a lot of the other four mana cards in the uh, in the game. And now the ability is going to be uh, at the beginning of turn, essentially, as soon as it um, or before movement. And according to Sheepyard on Discord, said that's the way that they want to approach Ancients from here on out is a before-moving ability. So we'll see how it turns out for the rest of the uh, the Ancients as they come out from, from here on out. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I gotta say, I really like this change because it makes Stoic Protectors at least you know, on par with something like Siege Breakers. It's a four mana card that you slot into your deck as a tech card, right? As a response to whatever you're seeing in the meta at the moment. If you're seeing a lot of structures, you put in Siege Breakers. If you're seeing a lot of Elders or on-death effects or before attacking or before moving effects, you put in Stoic Protectors instead. Yep, 100%. The only thing that sucks is now we've got a whole bunch of tech cards like in this four mana slot, but where is just our average general good go-to oh that's edric 
Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. Four mana seems to be where they've zeroed in on on the tech card slot, right? Beasts of Terror, if you want AoE. Siege Breakers, if you want anti-structure. Stoic Protectors. Um, Gold Grubbers, if you want faster cycling or pirate synergy. Um, Edric, if you're worried about a wide board, but you don't necessarily want the uh, faction-specific effect of Beasts of Terror, right? Like, all of these four mana cards there's a lot of competition for it's uh, getting, yeah it's getting pretty ridiculous except uh also have to just uh point out that uh only winter and swarm seems to be caring about these because uh Anclad and shadowfan already have their uh, four mana slot pretty well filled out <laughs> right that's a really good point between toad and witches and azure hatcher i never know how to fit these neutrals into my shadowfan deck yeah it's it's pretty ridiculous but yeah. Windmakers and Scrap to do all right for most Ironclad decks, too, you know, regardless. Yep, 100%. So, yeah, so it'll be interesting. Um, I probably will play it in some small amount of decks. Um, I don't think it's still going to be enough to be um, seeing a whole lot of play, but it will still it will be there. Yeah, it really depends on the meta, um, how useful this is. Like, if your opponent is playing hairy chestnuts this is going to feel great if your opponent is playing shady ghoul it's pretty good if your opponent is just playing a bunch of vanilla units it's entirely useless mm-hmm. i did count it out the other day there's about 19 if i remember right meta cards that this will um shut down the of course downside is that they could get their effect off before um this comes down and actually um makes that that ability worthwhile so uh, 19 cards is a lot of cards, but yeah, again, if they if they get their ability off beforehand, then it didn't matter. So we'll see. Right, like Scrapped Planners has already gotten the value from a from a trade when my opponent played it. This this doesn't even enter Scrapped Planners particularly well because it's just gonna beat the Scrapped Planners strength wise anyway. Yep, exactly. So so yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> it, 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 it's okay. I I do like it. It at least makes it usable um because the biggest problem with stoic protectors before was just that zero movement so when you weren't getting value out of the ability it was just subpar strength and zero movement you couldn't use it for anything now at least if the ability from stoic doesn't trigger it just it's a body on the board yep. you can yeah you can play some defense with it you can yep. put it on your opponent's baseline and make them answer and it's got a decent size so it's okay Not yeah hard. exactly yeah. there's quite a few times where you just start rushing with siege breakers and i mean you'll do the same thing with this yeah now uh let's talk about the before moving mechanic because that's pretty good to have a new mechanic in here it's slightly different than something like before attacking because it does work on surrounding units as well um so you can just true you can just put this down next to your opponent's toad and it'll still work as as long as it moves right oh my gosh yeah i didn't even think about that so it's not the same as something like uh feral shaman or joust champions where before moving it uh before attacking it triggers like this will just this will just work huh yeah that's uh that's really interesting i guess that so like the best card that this thing can shut down i think at this point in the game is probably like dawn sparks and yeah they're always placing that that dawn sparks tucked away behind something that 
uh, Stoic Protectors would have never gotten with that before your attack, but yeah, before moving. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Like Your opponent plays Dawn Sparks on the baseline, you play this next to it, you shut down their mana gain and pressure their health. Like that's, That feels pretty good. Yeah, that, that definitely moves up in my book then. Huh, cool. All right, well, uh, let's continue on to the next card. I'll let you take the forefront on this one. All right, Chill Beards. The strength is now down from 8 strength at level 5 down to 7, and the ability is now down from 8 to 7, but is made to trigger before attacking. Uh, instead of gaining strength when there is an opponent in front of it, it just gains strength when it attacks an opponent, which is really critical for something with two movement. Oh boy, yeah. This thing is ridiculous, because it's just before attacking. It's It doesn't care if it's the a structure, if it's uh, the opponent's unit, or if it's their base. So oh if you've got nothing uh, and you just want to be able to smash in them with this thing, you've got 14 power, uh, the single biggest body that can smash into an opponent's base uh, on a clear board. And if your opponent has a one strength unit on their board, you win the game. So That's I'm nuts. So you play I'm excited for this aggressive. one. You, you get some pressure on their baseline and then you just plow through whatever they play defense with and knock them out in one blow. With a single uh, card. Now, let's be fair. This is also a nine mana card. This is not something that comes down early in the game by any stretch. Um, <laughs> but at least now it's not a liability when you're playing defense, right? Uh, that was the biggest problem with Chillbeards before. It was a nine mana that had to go straight ahead. Now your opponent puts two units on your baseline. You don't have lethal. You can just say, all right, I'm going to clear it with this and we'll we'll try again in a few turns. Yeah, this thing is... Uh... Uh, Green Gale Serpent's biggest brother. Um, <laughs> do not mess with this thing. It is going to wreck you. <laughs> uh, this does not buff another dragon or another dwarf on the board, but I think somehow it'll still be okay. <laughs> uh i think this thing is going to win a lot of games i actually think that this thing is a common is on par with siren of the seas um and yeah it's a great compliment to siren right it's not like it's a budget siren which is what we talked about when uh ethereal eternals or eternal ethereals came out <laughs> right uh, that was an expensive three movement card that can still do a ton of damage but it, it's not mm-hmm. quite the same ability of siren this is not quite the same ability as siren but it's a a very different niche that it fills siren is great for clearing out large units Mm -hmm. or striking from across the board this is great for clearing out small units because it leaves a huge chill beards behind um yeah exactly and it can still, still do a ton of damage yeah well so think about how much more flexible um winter pact is getting with this card so they had ulf which was just a great defensive card um i mean the amount of games that it won was just ridiculous too because it's like oh yeah instead of just uh dragging the game out longer i can suddenly win right now and then there's siren that was a great um just mid-range card that could play both offense and defense extremely easily and now there's this thing which can play defense but extremely uh offensive so they've got that entire spectrum completely taken care of they've got the one that's very defensive that can play offense the mid-range one and now the offense that can also play defense it's 
late game winter pact is getting very very scary suddenly with this card late game winter pact is already very scary this just makes it worse <laughs> yeah, exactly so yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll, be, it'll be fun to play with this for sure um you know i've been playing a lot of uh relatively low mana curve winter pact with no gift trying to uh play rush and this is maybe a really good replacement for hearth guards like hearth guards to get 14 damage is dependent on having a structure on the board the lowest cost for hearth guards is nine already uh, sorry the lowest cost for hearth guards plus a structure is nine already this mm-hmm. is already nine mana and just does it without any conditions all you have to do is just be on the board yeah 100 <laughs> percent all right let's move on to ludic matriarchs <laughs> So yeah, yeah. so ludic uh, is essentially the same thing. Uh, it looks like they're just cleaning up the wording. Um, so before you had to play it uh, bordering exactly one friendly dragon. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anyone accidentally play it against two because I guess maybe everyone does actually read the cards, which I need to get better at. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now you can just uh, play it uh, bordering a friendly dragon and it will still do its spawn. Um, it randomly chooses which one is my assumption and uh, spawn the tokens against the, the one friendly dragon that it chose at random. Yeah. Does this make this more playable to you? Um, no, I, I think it's exactly as playable as it was before. Cause again, I don't think I've ever seen anybody accidentally, um, not get the triggers. So yeah, most of the time you just don't have that many dragons on the board anyway. I guess maybe if you were trying to run like a Cordia Ludic deck and all of the eggs hatched and spawn dragons and you're like, oh no, now I have nowhere to play my Ludic this is a good solution to your problem Uh, i mean you're probably already winning at that point which you don't (laughs) have to worry about (laughs) but you could win harder (laughs) you know this is a card that i do see every so often not it's not consistent um but when when it does work like it already wins the game Mm mm-hmm but then again, uh, with it, you probably also don't see the amount of games that you um, had won and they had it in their deck and they had to keep cycling it away because you were clearing out their units or um, whatever. <laughs> or just situation. ignoring them and pressuring their base and Ludic doesn't really play defense. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. Uh, I like it from a, like you said, just cleaning up perspective the exactly one thing was kind of unnecessary so mm-hmm. yep and that yeah. just felt like that was just uh at one point in time that that whenever they were making the card they were just typing things and it just kind of got through development and after the fact it was like well i'm gonna change that oh well <laughs> it works <laughs> exactly all right mechanical workers the strength is now just plus one at all levels not a card that sees a ton of play but uh yeah, now it, maybe it will. I was in. I I have to stop you right there. I was just playing here in Heroes League literally yesterday and lost to it. Me so. too. Was it Stony J? It was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he, well, he he was already beating me. Uh, he but he used mechanical workers to play some defense, kill my unit, my the you know whatever had survived a trade and drop this uh, workshop on his base. And then all of a sudden I just could not clear that tower and uh, the game was over. (laughs) Nice. No, I, 
I have to say that he literally beat me with it because I was at two life and I had restless goats on the board. And so uh, to be cheeky, <laughs> that's how he won with mechanical workers. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a lot nicer than the, the way he did it to me. He just beat you down. <laughs> and it took a lot longer. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, we talked about this card in the past on the brood stages. It is a tough card to play because you have uh positional restraints on it right like the geography is very important you can't necessarily use it in a way that you want to because you have to have space behind it in order to spawn the workshop it this doesn't change that but it does make make it so that if you get that far in the game where you can play it you at least get a little more benefit out of it Yep. So I actually don't think this changes anything because are there any eight strength cards in the game that having this one extra unit on the board is going to make a difference? I don't think so. Um, additionally, there's a bunch of 10 strength cards in the game. So this still won't clear any of those to remove your opponent's front line so that your workshop can start doing its work um, at the beginning of your next turn. And so if this had been given 10 strength at level 5, it would probably see more play, but it's going to still be at um, 0% uh, minus Tony J. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it. you're right. The breakpoints are 8 and 10, right? Most, most 4 mana cards are 8 strength. Most 5 mana cards that are played are 10 strength, um, you know other than the occasional flameless lizard when you're playing against reckless um <laughs> this falls in the middle and still doesn't quite do enough yeah completely agreed there unfortunately all right and now on to, on to the big one. Oh boy so rogue sheep is getting nerfed uh very surprisingly uh <laughs> I think I even actually saw something about um, Discord before I even actually get into the, the details on the card. Uh, I don't think that they said that the play rate was that crazy with this thing, but the amount of people that were playing it, they, they wanted to tone it back because uh, it was just being overplayed. And so this change um, isn't actually going to do that much of a change for, for the way that the card works, but uh, kind of... I th- can't remember if it was you or Freeloader that was mentioning it on a previous podcast at one point in time, but whenever uh, Sheepyard makes a buff or a nerf, it kind of seems to have a very drastic increase or decrease to the amount that is played uh, because of that perception uh, on the buff or the nerf of that card. Um, but yeah. yeah, so so anyway, so so the card is um, mostly the same, minus the uh, the difference that. If you only get the mana discount, if you have a pirate in hand after drawing the cards from your opponent's hand. So it, even if you had never, nothing in your hand, uh, no pirates in your hand, and you drew up to the three cards and you scored a pirate off your opponent, then you do get that one mana discount. Oh, sorry. I, I actually did forget. You also only get non-pirates. Oh, you only get non-pirates from their hand. I just solved my, my own dilemma. <laughs> yeah so this is an elegant way to make sure that the sheep cannot copy the sheep anymore it also lets you counter your opponent playing sheep by playing an all pirate deck yeah interesting no but what i I was i just realized is that if you can't get pirates from your opponent's hand then you have to have a pirate in your hand when you play sheep to be able to get that mana discount from the cards that you're about to draw 
Yep, so it becomes a deck building exercise of which pirates do you want in your deck? How many do you feel like you need in order to consistently trigger the sheep's ability? And then it also becomes a cycling challenge trying to work to make sure that you have the pirate in hand with the sheep. But also, it has to be late enough in the game that you have enough mana to clear out the other cards in your hand, right? Like, First Mutineer is a great way to clear out more room in your hand so that the sheep draws cards from your opponent. But if First Mutineer is the only other pirate in your hand, you can't play it first because you really want that mana discount. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, this might be... Eh, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine, right. And that's, that's where I end up too. Um... I, I, on one perspective, I love it because I like the way that it now works with the pirate mechanic, right? Pirates are all about hand manipulation and pirate synergy. So now you, you have a pirate in hand and that triggers the effect and that works well, uh, from, from a mechanic perspective, um, but on the other hand, I hate it because it really overcomplicates playing the card. Now I have to have a combo. It has to be late game, uh, all for an effect that I don't think was particularly overpowered in the first place. It's so if you got three cards from your opponent and you reduce the mana cost by one on each of them, then you have basically played a one mana seven strength, which is good, but it's not great. Yeah. Um. I think it really feels like Sheepyard is like trying to create like a sculpture with this thing. They're like taking off too much and then they're not taking off enough. And then so like they do a very, very good job um, over the course of time when it comes to balancing. It never takes more than like one or two balance changes on a card for it to actually see the proper amount of playability. I think this nerf just um, cut off too much, and so I think they are actually going to have to come back over time to uh, to buff this thing back up after this change. And I wouldn't be too surprised if they ended up doing something like reducing the mana cost by this thing down to three and then bringing the uh, strength down to like five or six or something along those lines because... I, I think this card is now too weak to actually see much of any play. Yeah, I I don't know if I 100% agree with you, but I think this really does take it out of non-winter decks by quite a bit. Um, if you're playing winter, right, you have mana gain. Like Gift of the Wise both gets a card out of your hand for sheep and also gives you extra mana to dump your hand, so it works really well. Uh, winter already wants to play Freebooters, which is a pirate. Winter doesn't mind running Westwind because they're just looking for a little bit of help in the early game, and Westwind is perfectly fine, right? So now you have two other pirates in your deck, and you have the mana gain mechanic. It works well there, and I don't see any other faction really being able to keep up with it in the same way. Yeah, but so the issue like that you just mentioned, even though like yeah, Winter can play those two other cards, they're not very powerful, and so you are already losing a lot by by playing them to also have this and so you're 
competitive level your your deck is is going down very considerably on a card that is already fine and getting worse yeah that's a, that's a fair point it really is plus if you have freebooters you don't need this right like exactly well if and you then play, you if you play gift have... in your hand is freebooters and rogue sheep you're going to play rogue sheep and then just cycle freebooters away and... yeah exactly well and then you'd also have to keep that freebooter in hand when you're playing this thing and n- Outside of extremely, extremely late game, nobody has the ability to play nine cards <laughs> in a single turn. So it's... That sounds like a challenge. <laughs> I've done it once, and oh my goodness. If you can stick those Dawn Sparks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If your opponent doesn't play Stoic Protectors. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this almost just feels like this This is just an appeal to probably the, the majority of the player base that was sick of seeing uh, Rogue Sheep every single game and and getting away from that rather than the uh, the players that are um, playing as competitively as they possibly can. Now, Brajosa did say on, Sheep, on Discord that Sheepyard's data showed that it was a little too strong i think i think the phrase that he said was somewhere between uh pre-nerf mers and pre-nerf ubis in terms of win rate oh wow okay so you know that those were both cards that we feel got justifiably nerfed yep 100 percent agree apparently this is uh deserving from a win rate perspective also um interesting okay i never saw that comment so yeah thank you for that that makes more sense now it does and it's still i think more of an overreaction to the complaints on reddit uh more than (laughs) more than the actual power of the card but maybe i've just been using it wrong this whole time because i sure don't feel like it was winning games for me in the same way yeah yeah i i think i'm just trying to be too cute with it i i'm just trying to just do things and not win so that could be my uh, issue with it (laughs) yeah because it's fun and that's how i see this card i see this card as fun and making the games more variable and making the games more interesting as opposed to actually something that i play when i want to win the game but it it sure does win the game when you get forgotten souls off your opponent oh man and sure loses you the game when you uh when you're at less than eight mana and you play it and you get your opponent's iron just happened to me again yesterday <laughs> and at 12 five and it's like oh yeah i'll give you the handshake <laughs> yeah i know exactly what's coming next turn Dang it. <laughs> oh man all right well hey at least we got uh fusion zones when it was changed the first time we're getting fusion zones this time so absolutely ridiculous at least they're they're compensating us accordingly <laughs> So I did win with with it once. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, uh, now that we're done with the balance changes, we have a new card coming later in September. Sparkly Kitties, named after the uh, notorious Discord and community member, Kitty is getting her own card. It's a two mana epic. It is level one, two strength, and then three, four, five, six strength as you level it up. It has zero movement, sort of. (laughs) On play, it will confuse itself and then gain two movement. So that first movement is guaranteed to move sideways, either left or right. 
depending on RNG, depending on where you play it. It could attack an enemy unit when it moves sideways. It could attack a friendly unit when it moves sideways. And then the second movement will move forward because it is no longer confused after it moves the first time. And this thing is sweet. Um, It's... It's not going to be overpowered, uh, which a lot of people are like freaking out that it's a two power, uh, six movement uh, forward card. And it's not exactly that. There is so much um, RNG in it that I still think that Gifted Recruits is the uh, general two uh, mana go to if, if you are looking to fill your last slot. Um, and I've had plenty of discussions on, on Discord about this. And was just playing a game today where I was thinking about the card, and my opponent started with their less restless goats coming down one of the sides, and Sparkly Kitties only has a fifty percent chance of of getting that uh, restless goats that's on the side. So this thing not being able to wipe out your opponent's front, uh, except from RNG, is not somewhere you want to be in in a lot of games. So I think yeah. it's going to be a good card. And it's not going to be overpowered. I think they really hit the perfect spot for such a low mana cost card for this thing. I agree. Like The concern you always have with a low mana card is it's going to go into a rush deck, make rush stronger, and then we're all just going to die to rush decks before the game even feels like it's gotten started. <laughs> this is probably not that, but it's probably not that far off because it's still just going to be a generally useful neutral card. Mm-hmm. So the which factions do you think are going to be- benefit the most from this one? All of them. All of them. Um, I think it goes, look, Winter is always looking for early game. Mm-hmm. Swarm is always looking for a strong, cheap card, right? This is something that survives a trade with a gifted recruits that feels pretty good in Swarm. Uh, Shadowfen, there's a lot of competition already. Shadowfen, maybe it does not go into. And Ironclad, you know, you're looking for constructs. You're looking for the movement from Saber Paws. You're maybe not going to put it in an Ironclad deck. But I, I bet you could definitely find a home for it if you tried hard enough. Interesting. Okay, so um, I can agree for sure that it goes in Winter Pact. In Swarm, I think I might just take out Gifted Recruits and put this in. Um, because my two-mana slot is already extremely bloated, I cannot afford to have another two-mana card. So I think that swap happens. Uh, yeah, it could go. It could replace Gifted, or if you're looking for a little more consistency, it could replace Head Start, right? You lose one strength, mm-hmm. but you gain the ability to that control it strength a little better. That strength is huge. Um, it is, right? It survives it, Hunter's Vengeance. But yeah. it, Head Start only really works in a more aggressive deck, right? Head Start does not play defense. That's what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right? And this, this at least is a little more flexible. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I still think I'm I'm that that first slot that I'm trying out is that um, agree for sure on the uh, on the shadow fen that I, they don't need it at all, and then ironclad. Um, hmm, I think I'm gonna reserve my judgment on that on that yeah, faction. I think if you're playing an aggressive ironclad deck, you probably do find a way to slot this in, but there's already a lot of really good ironclad cards. Uh, it, it's hard to uh, it's hard to fit it. Honestly, what it might be is if you're playing an ironclad deck that runs like unstable build, just as something you uh, put down to hold front, maybe this goes in instead of that. That's a really good point, especially because uh, your opponents generally aren't clearing that, and it 
has six strength after a turn of um, deconstructing itself. So that's exactly what this is. Exactly. Yep. So if you're not playing Hearth Guards in your Ironclad deck, maybe maybe you find a home for it there. I like that. But either way, I think we we both are in agreement. This is a fantastic card. Definitely worth leveling up. Definitely worth experimenting with. Yep, for sure. I am going to be putting a, all my fusion stones that I've got into a level five of this thing immediately. That's for certain. <laughs> yeah, well, thankfully, you'll have some extra fusion stones on hand because of the anniversary shop offers coming to the game in september yes exactly so moving on um there's a lot going on with this uh do you want to go ahead and start (laughs) (laughs) so for background for anyone that doesn't know september 18th is the anniversary of the release of stormbound it has been celebrated uh to my understanding every year since the first anniversary um in this particular case we're going to be getting some rewards just for logging in which feels great all the coin all the coins that you win will be doubled between september 17th and september 20th excepting those coming from quests so the coins from all the victory coins from ladder that'll all be doubled and the coin cap will be doubled in the same way so uh really a great few days for resource generation if you're trying to get some coins to level up some cards play some games then uh and then the the and then the most desired outcome here the one that everybody is looking for the anticipation for all books containing extra cards. Any book that normally holds three cards will give four. Any book that usually contains six cards will yield eight. So if you buy a Mythic Tome, instead of getting six shots at at a legend, you're going to get eight shots. That feels real good. That's a 33% bonus. Uh, Whatever you got for savings that's the time to to spend them so you've got one entire month starting now so listen to us because this is this is the time to spend it (laughs) yeah definitely hold on to those rubies for a few weeks if you haven't been saving already and maybe you'll take your cheapened brawl and try to win some more rubies during that time uh the brawl will be 50 percent off on september 16th of well, all three brawls i should say will be 50 percent off uh and if you have the premium pass you'll get your usual discount on top of that uh it's gonna be a really great time to play brawl and try to win some additional resources there absolutely if you can um start saving now and you play a decent amount of ge- games every single day you should have enough um by a month from now uh to be able to hit the cap in every single one so um, (laughs) gosh that's so much time (laughs) hey it's an entire month you've got the time to do it oh you mean to play all three of them i mean to play all three jam all those games into just a few days that's you know uh 50 wins in each brawl well without without any losses i Generally, most places of employment allow uh, you to take your time off three weeks in advance. So, so there you go. <laughs> if you have free time off, <laughs> I want to note that we do not advocate spending your time off on Stormbound playing. But if you do it, great job! You're a hero to us all. Uh, yeah, I was just kidding. Do not do that. <laughs> all right. Um, we also have some shop offers. Uh, we're not going to go through each one point by point. They are $5, $20, $50, and $100 packs. 
They are some of the most efficient uses of your real life money to get in-game resources that we have seen. Uh, you can buy coins and tomes, uh, although the $100 offer also is 50 fusion zones to go along with your coins and tomes. Really, the important thing to note here, the packs that have mythic, heroic, or classic tomes will give six cards, not eight. Eight cards are only for the packs that you buy with rubies. That is correct. So um, even though it only has the six rather than the eight, I did the math, and on the $100 package, that is equivalent to 3,300 rubies, which is uh, not bad. If you take a look at the current conversion rate you get for the $100 package on just buying the rubies right now, it's 1,500 rubies. So you essentially get that amount for, uh, well, like $50 effectively. And uh, all the other previous packages are right around that mark. So um, take that for, for what you will, that in comparison to the current offers, these ones are much better bang for the buck. Absolutely. Uh, what is, at least by my calculations, a little better bang for your buck is every ruby bundle will just yield double the original amount of rubies. Uh, this is actually a one-time offer for each ruby bundle and will last forever until you buy it. But this is the only time where you can get extra books out of the packs. So it this is the only time where it is the uh, most efficient use of your spending that we have ever seen in Stormbound. You, know, you buy $100 worth of rubies and turn that all into classic, heroic, or mythic tomes or any combination thereof. It's just a little bit better, at least by my calculations, than spending $100 on the birthday pack. Yes, technically it is if you, if you are going to go that ruby uh, pack, but that would also require yeah you to uh, to spend all of them uh, on those on those books right here and now rather than uh, thinking that you may want to wait a while. Yep. Um, yep, but I I am still thinking about how I am going to spend during the anniversary event, and I will probably do it that way: buy some rubies and turn the rubies into packs and get the extra cards out of it feels more fun that way <laughs> if nothing else opening packs is always so much fun <laughs> it's so gratifying i haven't <laughs> done it in so long i've been saving yep which i've done the math so many times so many ways that if if your collection is less than 90 percent uh then just keep opening packs uh you get that feel good of opening a pack uh but it's also one of your more efficient ways of spending uh your your resources <laughs> but that is a broad way to expand your collection it's not targeted right if you want a specific card it's not really going to help you with that the only way to get a, a specific card is to buy it in the shop and uh let's segue from there into the three neat little quality of life improvements number one on my list the shop refresh it'll be possible to re-roll the offers from the card shop by watching an ad or if you have a premium pass just refresh it if you buy a card it it won't get refreshed but you can refresh everything else in there once a day it just gives you twice as many chances of getting a card that you want to level up yep which i like that one um unfortunately i only have a few cards left to level up so it won't make too much of a difference for me 
the one I'm excited for is just being able to see the uh, upcoming brawls. So we're able to see um, up to a week in advance uh, what the uh, the next brawl is coming up next week to better prepare for for what we're about to uh, get ourselves into. Yeah, that that just a little bit of planning helps a lot. Just make your decks the day before. Check your yep. Discord and do a little research if you're planning on going deep. Or maybe you say, oh no, upcoming is the Elder Brawl and my Elders are all low level. I'm just not even going to bother trying this time. Yeah, exactly. Alleviate some of that stress from trying to uh, um, hoard your resources over the course of the week to uh, for the Brawl playing. And then the last one, the search bar that comes uh, standard at stormbound-kitty.com will be implemented into the game in the collection screen and the deck building screens. It's just a little search bar to filter the cards by name, filter them by ability, filter them by type of card. So you can get those, uh, find the cards a little bit faster, get those decks together. And, uh, you know, maybe you're thinking, oh, I need to play the Elder Brawl. Oh, I forgot all about Beard of Crowglyph. I would have put that in if I'd known. Well, now you just search by Elder and it'll be there and you'll know. Yep. Yeah, this one... (laughs) For something that's so seemingly small, it's really nice to have small dates like this. Like you don't realize what you want until you have it. And to me, that's totally what this thing is. <laughs> this is definitely the the best quality of life improvement. Just, okay, it's the dwarf brawl. Let me just search for dwarf. Okay, slide all these into my deck. Now let me X out of that and figure out uh, what else I need to do here. Um yeah, it's it's gonna help out quite a bit. Yep, for sure. It's these little these little bits of polish that Sheepyard keeps adding to the game. That that that's what actually feels like progress more than even more than the new cards. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's talk about the timing of this. The offers in the shop will be introduced on September. 13th and will last for a week the brawl starts on september 16th and the uh coin coin cap doubling and the victory coins doubling and the book offers are the 17th to the 20th so we got about a week of anniversary events um and then the new card the sparkly kitties comes out afterward on september 23rd so you cannot get kitty from the anniversary event all of those mythics that you've been saving for they're not going to contain this new epic oh that's sad unfortunate but uh something definitely to be aware of as as you're looking at this and thinking about it um the balance changes will be on the first of the month as normal so we look forward to uh no longer playing rogue sheep then actually i think it sounds like we'll both be trying it out but maybe (laughs) our opponents won't be which will make it a little bit easier on us (laughs) oh well the thing that we'll be trying out or sorry i will be for sure is that that chill beards (laughs) All right, winter with a gift, rogue sheep, and chill beards. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks for talking through this, Thomas. This was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for uh, putting this all together tonight. All right, so Baiku, this was very interesting. Um, I really appreciated getting to hear the two of you talk without needing to worry about when am I supposed to push you guys on to the next subject. (laughs) It was quite refreshing. Um, There were some points that listening to it, I thought 
maybe I could add a little bit to it. And um, so why don't we do that now? Absolutely. Uh, the conversation around Stoic, uh, I thought was fantastic. I think it's exactly right to compare it to Siege Breakers and even uh, to the uh, four mana dragon uh, that I'm uh, drawing a blank on Beast right now. Beast of Terror. Beast of Terror. All right. I want to call it bot every time, and I know it's not bot. Um, I think those are appropriate because it seems like Sheepyard really wants to put the four mana slot as the neutral tech card, right? You need silence. You put that in. You need, uh, 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 to your point about racial uh, uh, AOE, you got that. Uh, you got tower problems. Um, none of those cards are particularly good cards to play uh, in general. They are fantastic cards to play when the meta tilts towards Cordia, and you want Siege Breakers. Uh, when it uh, tilts towards uh, Seder Swarm, then you want Beasts of Terror. Uh, when it tilts now towards, like, uh, for example, um, uh, uh, not Cordia, the other one. Bragda? Uh, Bragda, yes, thank you. Uh, uh, Bragda or other elders, right? Like Bragda's, in my mind at least, the most commonly seen elder now. Until somebody makes chestnuts great again. <laughs> uh, but in general, like like a Bragda deck, for example, might be the kind of uh, 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 meta where you say, you know what, we need to bring in Stoic Protectors. To your point, however, one of the problems with Elders is that a lot of Elders, because it's uh, upon receiving damage, uh, you play it and you hit end turn and you get the value already. I think it's a good idea, however, that Sheepyard is putting forth here, which is these are underpowered four drops that serve specific use in an exacting meta. The rest of the time, however, you don't want to be playing these neutral four drops. You want to be playing the power four drops from your faction. Um, and you guys did a great job, I thought, of mentioning, you know, Toad and Witches. Uh, even Azure is very good. Uh, you've got Scrap Planners. Uh, you've got Windmakers, if you want to go that direction. Even Finite Loopers is, is fairly interesting. Um, you did fail to mention uh, Giovanna and Mistwives, which, considering that's your main deck right now, I was a little surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. And the way that I see it, Giovanna and Mistwives are cards that require support. Or, right like toad you mm -hmm, can just mm -hmm. put down on a board with units toad is yes. almost guaranteed to get some value to do some work for you mm -hmm. Giovanna, you need icicle burst or frost textures in order to get value from Giovanna. fair enough just mistwives isn't really a four mana card it's a minimum of five mana to play it if you're including the requirement of having a unit to proc it that's um, that's fair i don't normally struggle to have a unit to proc it when I have it on four. Um, however, I would also point out that it's not always playing on curve that is the most important. Those those powerful four mana cards are often equally as powerful when played on six with a two drop. That's fair. All of those powerful four mana cards you mentioned are very situational cards, especially all these neutral cards. They're very situational mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. saving it for the right time is way more important than just jamming it down on the board. Mistwives is not exactly like that. Mistwives is just a, a big body. Uh, Mistwives, they are they are thick wives. They are just out there to <laughs> hold your front, delete the enemy unit that costs, you know, like it can just trade into a five mana unit and you come out ahead there. You do. Um, I do think it's important to note then 
if this is where Sheepyard is going with it, which I love from a, from a design standpoint, the idea of neutral four drops being uh, things that you that that every faction, everyone who loves, doesn't matter what faction you love, whatever one you main. When the meta starts turning sour for X, Y, or Z, there's a four mana neutral for you to go get. I yeah, love that. I, I agree with that. Um, we didn't dig into it too much, Thomas and I, but I'm glad that you brought it up because really that the four mana, I think, is really the most important part here. Mm-hmm. If this were cheaper, you would just keep it in your deck all the time, right? If Siegebreakers yes. cost two mana and Mistwise were two mana um, and Stoic was two mana, you would just throw everything in your deck and you wouldn't worry about what's the right situation or what matchup am I trying to tech against? But because they're four and that's relatively expensive, you know, most decks, half of the cards, I would say are three and under half of the cards are four and over, you know, more or less depending on how aggressive you want to play it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That it's just a limited number of slots that you can allocate toward the powerful faction four drops along with the generally useful neutral cards. Um, right, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's the point that I was trying to make is just at four, it becomes the most difficult decision from a deck building standpoint, right? At three, there's not a lot of powerful three cards in the factions, maybe Green Gale Serpents. There's a couple here and there, but but for the most part, you could find room for an extra three mana neutral that had, you know, pseudo generally useful tech. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Right? But but at four, when you're t- you're telling me I've got to maybe take out scrap planners, it better be a very Cordia heavy meta. Otherwise, that that siege breakers ain't making it right. Uh, so it, I, I like that they're doing it at four because it it promotes a certain amount of diversity. Yep, and it makes you really think about your matchups and think, what am I weak against, and do I want to shore up against that or what am I strong against? And do I want to lean into that matchup and just make it so I'm, I'm winning harder? Exactly. Um, the one caveat to all of this, of course, is uh, Swarm. Uh, their four mana cards suck. <laughs> <laughs> Never play Mischiefs. No, don't Never do it. Never play Mischiefs. Don't do it. Um, I, don't, I don't understand why that card sees so much play for how bad it is. I, uh, agreed. All right, moving on. <laughs> we have Chilled Beards. Um, my reaction to Chill Beards is that it's a very nice, expensive card. Uh, Gift of the Wise is why Winter can't have nice, regularly costing cards. You can't have nice things because you have mana ramp. Um, so I love the build of Cheer Beards. Uh, I, this, this, I, I think you both hit it right on the head. This becomes infinitely more playable. It's an aggressive card that can still find other uses when needed. That's beautiful. Um, the only thing that you mentioned that I wanted to come back to was, uh, you pointed out that hearth guards is really not all that fantastic unless you have a tower, the cheapest tower is also three. So chill beards is essentially the combo of hearth guards plus a three mana tower without needing to have the combo in hand. And while that is true, my initial thought is that winter struggles with early defense in general so much of winter's good cards are so late because of that winter puts a premium on cards that can play defense early 
while it tries to stabilize. If you've made it to mana nine, then you've probably got a better than 50-50 chance of winning that game as winter. So to me, I would still choose hearth guards because hearth guards can play defense on six or seven, right? I don't need to find gift to play gift into hearth guards. Uh-uh. But Chillbeards, I would, right? Until nine, Chillbeards is actually just a dead card. And I worry that for Winter Pack, especially a Winter Pack deck that's already trying to jam Siren, um, <laughs> if you're playing Gift, Siren, and Chillbeards, it can be done. Uh, but I think Hearth Guards might actually just still be a little better. Sure, that's fair. And now with Hearth Guards, you can set up the tower ahead of time. The downside there, obviously, mm-hmm. is that your opponent has a chance to respond, um, you know, destroying the tower or just blocking your available pathing for Hearth Guards, right? Both are, are viable defensive options. Um, they sure are. Chillbeard, your opponent cannot respond to. It's just, it's going to do what it's going to do. And if you let me get close enough to your base, it's going to go in. Um, yeah. I, so I, so it's, it's definitely, I think, fair from a strength to mana standpoint. Uh, where Chillbeard really shines is if you're playing aggressively and you force your opponent to defend their baseline and they leave a remnant at their baseline. Now Chillbeard is attacking twice, right? Which is once, brutal. once into a small unit and once into the base. And that could legitimately OTK your opponent. Yes. No, I totally agree with that. I just think that in general, I'm probably going to want to play either Siren or this. That I don't think I want to put both into the same deck because I just, I work, you know, my biggest fear whenever I play a heavy winter deck is an opening hand where I've got both nines. I throw one away and I get gift back. Sure, that's understandable, <laughs> but there are Siren Ulf winter decks already that are sure. reasonably prevalent. Like You can go heavy in winter and still make it through if you know what you're doing, and admittedly, sometimes you get a little lucky with your draw. Yeah, but, but remember that Ulf goes a long way to undoing the damage dealt by bad early hands and slow starts. Neither Siren nor Chillbeards can do that. I think no, Chillbeards undoes all that early damage by killing your opponent in one turn. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. But well, no, because if you're getting overrun, there's no remnant on your opponent's baseline. You're playing you're playing Chillbeards to try to stay alive. You're gonna have to throw the saber paws in with it, I guess. That's there you annoying, go. See, but it, right. it's okay, eleven mana now. Something you're gonna have to do. Right. I just I I, I think I might prefer going Chillbeards and Hearth Guards. And Ulf, or just Chillbeards and Hearthguards, and hoping that the Hearthguards can help clear the early board enough that I don't need Ulf. Um, but I, I worry about trying to jam all this into a deck. Yes, uh, uh, there's mana gain in winter. No, I don't think there's enough. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the super greedy deck that runs Siren and Ulf and Chillbeards, and I still end up losing to it. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> All right, so moving forward, we have Ludic. Yep, that's a card in the game. Um, the only thought I had about this was uh, when I read the patch notes was um, I've been playing this game for almost two years, maybe uh, over a year and a half, we'll say. I've been playing the, this game for over a year and a half. I have played against a lot of dragon decks. I've played uh, uh, into a lot of decks playing Ludic. I was never aware that this was even a thing. Um, it's never come up. I've never seen my opponent 
do anything that I thought was weird and not realize why. Uh, I didn't know that this needed to be adjusted until this came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Yeah. yeah moving <laughs> on from that. Um, the last conversation you guys had was about rogue sheep. And I loved this conversation because of a couple of things. One, um, between this conversation and some of the things that Thomas said about Stoic, it's really clear that Sheepyard has their finger on the pulse on uh, uh, power creep. Uh, they recognize power creep is a dangerous thing. And I love the fact that they are moving Stoic gently towards playability by making it just like Siege Breakers. I love the fact that they're pushing Rogue Sheep back because it got a little too powerful. Um, I agree with both of you. This is more of a swing than I was anticipating. I think the idea of making it more pirate-themed with requiring a card in hand to proc, beautiful. Uh, it's right in theme. Perfect. Uh, maybe Sheepyard was just trying to reduce the play rate for right now, right? Like, as they as they sometimes do, they just push it, you know, a little underplayed so that they can gently buff it again later. Um, I thought the mana discount was too powerful. I think adding the pirate in hand requirement is perfectly reasonable. I really liked that part of it. Um, maybe just was, was th drawing three cards too much, uh, because you have it at level five. I have it level level four and I found it rather underwhelming. Yeah. You know, even at level five, I found it rather underwhelming. A lot of the time, it really very much depended on what was in your opponent's hand at the time you played it. Mm -hmm. Um, you lost tempo by playing it. Well, I guess I shouldn't use the past tense. You lose tempo by playing it, right? You're playing at level five, a seven strength unit for four mana that does not move. We just talked about with Stoic Protectors how bad that is. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's not good. So it's you're relying good. you're relying on the discounted mana to save you from the position that Rogue Sheep puts you in in the first place. Now, if you actually can take advantage of all of those cards and all of those mana discounts, then you essentially played a one mana seven zero, which is great, right? Like if that were a card, if, if, is it great if, or is it just better than average? Yeah, you know, that's fair. It's it's still not great because it still doesn't move and do anything on that turn. Right. Right. If Fort of Ebonrock costs one mana, you'd see it more often, but nobody would be like, man, I can't believe I lost a Fort of Ebonrock. No, it would be the Fort Tonic that's played right next to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's what it comes down to. It, it just comes down to the other cards that are in your hand, the other cards you draw from it. Now, super late game or moderately late game with mana acceleration in winter is when it really shines because then it really is a one mana 7-0 that gives you additional cards that you can play. And that's where it becomes really good if the game goes on that long. Yeah, no, right. So, um, you know, my, my initial thought to, to uh, uh, Rogue Sheep when we started playing it was that it was kind of like MERS in that it was a tempo loss. Uh, and so while it seems like the cards it's giving you, in the case of MERS, the free token, and, and in this case, the mana reduced, that seems really good. Uh, the fact of the matter is, it dang well better be because the, the, the tempo loss of playing the initial body is not good. Exactly. Like, you need that. You need that just to kind of get back up to par. 
I think that the MERS analogy is a great one. Um, and that's, like I said, with Thomas, uh, that's a discussion that Prashoja had on Discord. He said it's kind of, you know, pre-nerf MERS, pre-nerf UBIS power level, which is, it's good enough, right? Like I'm, I'm it, really it, surprised it, by that. It's very I, good, apparently. Um, so he sure didn't say kind of success with it, right? He didn't say in what leagues it was sort of peaking its power level. And based on my experience coming up through the ranks, I found now when you and I had to battle our way up to diamond, uh, things like toxic sacrifice and reign of frogs could be one mana when you got them up to level five. We didn't have that. Uh, in fact, I've, I, I now have both of those at level five. I never got to play them for one mana, but my opponents did. And I can tell you that when you're in gold and your opponent has the same card you do at a mana discount, it was brutal. That's fair. And it was a huge advantage. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if, um, was Sheepyard making this change, this big swing under the, the sort of explanation of its power levels a little too high what was that a heroes league power level too high or was that a actually you know when 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 you have two cards at level four in your entire deck and your opponent's rogue sheep copies one of them it's backbreaking uh and that might be true you know that might be true like a level three uh, rogue sheep played in gold uh or, or even like low-level platinum, that might be backbreaking, uh, just because of how difficult it is uh, with with those level of cards to come back from the mana discount. The mana discount, from my recollection, was just so bad. And, and in fact, Sheepyard thought it was too. That's why they got rid of all of it, right? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I will say, in the Heroes League, the decks that I play that the decks that I play against that run Rogue Sheep, I haven't been playing it much in Heroes personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but the decks that I play against that have it are mostly designed to go late game, and it does give them a pretty significant advantage when it does go that late. Right. Um, so th- there know, were. I do, I do still see the occasional like swarm deck with. Um, you know, Zuri Bucks that is also playing Rogue Sheep for additional value, trying to beat those late game winter decks. It it does happen. Um, but in, in general, the decks that are playing it are decks that are designed to go late and uh, take advantage of the extra value. Yeah. So 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 this is one of the things that um, came into my mind, uh, which was how can we help our listeners plan out the 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 nerf and where to play this card. Uh, and the first thing that came to my mind was we were right, I think, in our initial reaction that you can try to play this in in a rush deck and and, and with the idea that, oh, okay, well, I'm just not going to play it until late. And if I run out of gas, I can use this because the rest of my hand is so light. And it just doesn't work. And the reason why it doesn't work is because if you're trying to rush, you pick up some cards that are just unplayable. You pick up a blade storm, for example. And you're just like, what the heck do I do with this? But sometimes you pick up gift. Sure. Yep. No, that's true. But but mid-range decks, especially aggressive mid-range decks with low mana curves, was the right place to put this. Uh, because of of that same thing. You can empty your hand relatively easily with a with an aggressively mana curved mid-range deck. But mid-range decks kind of try to do a little bit of everything, right? And 
So if you got value cards, you're like, I like value. And if you got tempo cards, you're like, that sounds great too. Um, Now, I think you hit it on the head that this feels more like a winter card. And specifically because within winter, because of gift, you really want freebooters. And so this seems like the natural pairing is freebooters and this card. I, I... I understand why you went there. I did try that initially. Um, and the conclusion I came to was that having freebooters and rogue sheep was kind of too much in the same deck. Like I don't want them together. Yeah, exactly. That's so right. So, so when you mentioned that, well, now that we have this requirement of another pirate, it feels like winter is going to need to be where it's at. The problem that I have with that is that, okay, well, Winter wants freebooters because of gift. This still feels like maybe First Mutineers or, or, or West Wind Sailors would be the better pairing. And can you really, unless it's like the mirror, can you really ever plan on going so late that you need freebooters and rogue sheep to continually yeah. replenish? Like, holy I hope smokes. not. <laughs> <laughs> I think be your say- opponent in that game. Right. I will I will tip my hat to Sheepyard here. Um I went through in Hearthstone the Dragon Priest era when Draconid operative was just everywhere. And you would uh operative your opponent's operative, so then you have another operative in your hand that you can then operative the following turn. Uh, and then the, in between, they would operative your operative. And so now they have another operative in their hand, which that's what you're going to end up operating, the, you know, back and forth. And back. she found a really elegant way of just fixing that by saying, oh, hey, by the way, your rogue sheep can't copy pirates. And I, why didn't Blizzard ever think of, oh, by the way, operatives can't copy dragons? Yeah, I do. I do like the pirate flavor that was added. I didn't really talk about that enough, I think. But from a design standpoint, the fact that Rogue Sheep is a pirate, now it works with pirates in your hand, it doesn't copy pirates in your opponent's hand, that all of that together kind of feels good from a design standpoint, from a thematic standpoint. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they're going to need to come back from this. I think the mana reduction without the pirate, like just naturally the mana reduction is going to have to happen. My my gut tells me um, maybe they shift around power and mana cost, but also I think the third card maybe should go away. I, I think I think at two cards it was. I think it's either two cards or three cards with a mana reduction. Okay. Right. Like- okay. Yeah. 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 I, I I like both of those. There there is no other Sorry, card let me say in the again. Oh, I think, sure, I, think go ahead. I think it's either two cards with no pirate limitation to get the mana reduction, or mm-hmm. three cards with a pirate requirement to make it a little harder to get the mana reduction. Sure. Um, I would also point out though that there is no other card that gives mana reduction in the game. Kind right? of. Yeah. I mean, now we can talk about the difference between mana reduction and mana gain, right? Like Icicle Burst Jev is kind of like essentially playing Jev for free. So it's like Mm -hmm. a four mana reduction. Yep. No, that's absolutely true. It's not quite exactly the same. Um, But yeah, so I, you know, I kind of go back and forth uh, because in my playing of it, getting the additional resources in hand in the 
sort of midish late game was more important than the mana reduction. Uh, I, I, now I was playing it in a very aggressive deck. And so I wasn't playing it early because playing it early was just disastrous. Uh, but even when I was playing it mid to late game, you know, in, in the times where I hit it with, you know, like a, a gifted recruits, for example, I was like, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Um, I still had more stuff in hand still. It wasn't so late game that I uh, uh, could empty everything. When I hit something bad, like arm schemers, it didn't matter that it was one mana less. It was still bad for my deck. Like You're still I throwing just, it away anyway. Right, I'm cycling it. I, 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 I played it against Aaron. Uh, and I didn't have anything other than summon militia in my deck. Let me tell you how often I actually had ended up at three errands, one in hand, two in deck, because I'm just like, I can't play this. It's bad. Yeah. Now, when you draw cards that are good, the, the nice thing about the mana reduction is that you can cycle that card away and bank the mana reduction, right? Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I drew Ulf for my opponent's deck. Now my Ulf is eight mana instead of nine for them, but I don't need it right now. I'm going to throw it back into the deck. And when I come back to it, now it's going to be a mana less. That's good. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I would argue that Rogue Sheep isn't broken because of its ability to provide for you a mana reduction on a card that you're going to find 11 or 12 cards from now, right? Like yeah, if it's, no, if fair. it's, if it's creating a swing and win percentage, like, like Joe's is saying with, with, you know, pre-nerf Murs or pre-nerf Ubis, it's because of what you pick up now. Right. It's what you're using this turn or the turn after. Right. The yeah. turn exactly after. Right. Like, because after that. Overwhelming tempo that your opponent can't match because it costs all the cards cost more for them. Precisely. So if if you look at that and you just say, OK, well, why don't we we shift around the, you know, the, 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 the strength and the mana cost or whatever. And at most it gives you two cards, but it never gives you a mana reduction. I don't know. I, I think it's still a fine card. It's still a freebooters style card. Um, if it were mana and strength appropriate, it might be a card I choose to play instead of freebooters. But it, I don't think, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that that's necessarily stronger because I don't know what, you know, mana cost and, and strength to evaluate on it. But I just I, I just look at it right now and I and, and the one part of it that that seems a little outlandish is still the mana reduction. I'm always scared of of mana ramp and mana reduction. You know that. Um, and this is the only card in the game that does it. Yeah, it's uh, I think, unfortunately, now it's going to be something you don't have to worry about anymore. <laughs> That's also possible. In All right. Couple, well, in a couple more days, you're not. I suspect you're really not going to see it anymore, except for in winter decks designed to go very late. Yeah, I think that's true. Although I might suggest to those people who want to test it that first mutineer might still be the better option than than freebooters, just because of that's, that's a lot of cards you're trying to get through. <laughs> All right, so that's going to end the main portion of this episode which means it's time for me to remind you to please contact us, preferably in our channel in the Stormbound Discord server. You can always do it on Twitter, at BroodSages. You can email us at thebroodsages at gmail.com. We have an additional way for you to reach out and support us as well. We created a Gumroad account not too long ago where you can become patrons of our work. Check out the link in our Stormbound Kitty page. This week, we've heard from XM1255. 
He says, how to counter winter sheep users. Play cards that only you know how to play consistently. Well, that sounds great. Coming from the person who's the premier temple of space user in the game, um, that sounds brilliant. Unfortunately for me, I don't know how to play anything (laughs) consistently. (laughs) Also, great podcast. I've been listening since I want to hear the meta status on higher leagues. I'm still a plat player, so keep it up. Exham, thank you very much. We will endeavor to do so. Ubermensch says, no cup-filling sound effect? Almost feels unnatural. Uh, Sabaiku? Sorry. I missed, I missed <laughs> one out of 39. Come on. Great podcast, y'all. Rogue Sheep was a bad idea from the start. Um, I don't know about that. I, I've got to say, look, in terms of introducing a card that immediately created diversity in the feel of every game, What's my opponent going to play next? What am I even going to have in my hand next turn? Like it it created a whole new level of, wow, this feels fresh and new and different. And I love the fact that everyone started to play it. I also hated the fact that everyone started to play it. (laughs) So yeah, it's somewhere in between. I don't know that I would say it's a bad idea. Um, I like that it's in the game. Spikeu? Yeah, I I do like that it's in the game. I've enjoyed playing it, and I don't even mind playing against it, even though I probably do lose to it more than I win against it. Yeah, that's 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 probably true. <laughs> All right, well, that's gonna do it for this episode. For Sabaiku and Thomas, I am Freeloader. We are the Brood Sages, reminding you to stay hydrated. <laughs>